Today's episode of NetFront Presence is brought to you by Closets by Design, St. Louis. And we are in the net front today with Jim Thomas, a beat writer on the scene in Colorado. Tom Timmerman, our beat writer here in the, in the SDL. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch. And, uh, well, our, our heroes decided to start the regular season on a better note than they entered the bubble uh, last summer, uh, JT. Uh, they came out fast, overcame a couple things early, and um, and really played, a, I guess, to the to the Chiefs specifications an excellent first game yeah and and with some <laughs> i guess unexpected adversity uh we've all been waiting to to see mike hoffman get out on the ice and i'm sitting there at the you know ball arena and uh they're out skating and there's no mike hoffman and then kind of right at that moment the blues announce oh mike has some uh, some visa problems so he is uneligible uh to play for uh today and uh up pops uh sunny sunquist i mean he uh uh every now and then he'll just he'll just pop up and 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 kind of do his thing in a game and that that was one of those uh that was one of those nights yeah i i don't think you could have asked for a for a better uh opener for the blues now uh as usual people are overacting i i I think they're ready to to award the cup to the blues uh they they could go out and lose six to one on uh friday keep in mind uh until that night bennington had given up 11 goals in his last two starts there totaling got pulled in both games but yeah a great a great start couldn't ask for much more yeah Uh, you know uh, mike hoffman now has a tough act to follow can he replace oscar sunquist there on that uh on that line you know, and, and you would think for four million dollars you'd get a visa thrown in for free or something, but no, no, it's back to the uh, drawing board. But I guess when you have a PTO, you can't apply, so they had to wait until he could, uh, you know, until he actually had a job. I guess before getting the visa, and uh, now we're rooting for uh, the speed of the American government on processing his paperwork. But a very good start. You like to see that, uh, you know, especially yeah. The last time they came from a, a dead stop to a start, they. Uh, could not get it in gear, and this time they, uh, you know, they they found fourth gear, so they, they moved pretty quickly. Um, you know, the second and third periods probably not as ideal as they would have liked, but the first period, certainly the end of the first period, uh, they looked really really good. Yeah, the, uh, the the first glance you take a look at this uh, team, and you notice that while they this team is still capable of a controlling play in the offensive zone, which they of course in the first period they had a. Some success sustaining pressure, getting into their, their trademark game, but the the Blues are also it appears more capable of um, of doing damage in the transition game and and have a, a generally quicker look about them. Tory Krug from the back end, Jordan Cairo, great first game of the season. Robert Thomas unleashed to uh, with his uh, his quickness and speed. It seems, uh, and then you know with Sonny jumping up and using his wheels. Uh, on that line, uh, this team uh, did it both ways. They did it with uh, some some transition, and they did it with uh, some sustained pressure. Yeah, they did. Uh, by the way, who who in, in your goal pool who had Kyle Clifford, Oscar Sundquist, and Jordan Kyrer? Okay, Kyrer maybe right, but uh, no, you, you're right. Uh, flashing their quickness a little bit, I think it helps having Kyrer in there. Obviously, Tory Crew can move the puck. He's you know 
we'll see over the course of the season how he really compares to Petra, but he, I think it's, you know, there's no doubt just from what we've seen now, he's a, he's a better uh, skater, but when it came, when it came down to it, they, they really, other than the penalties, they really uh, took Baruby's words to heart. He, he said they were just, they were going to focus on their identity and, and that's defense uh, for checking physical play. And, uh, a, especially in that third period, maybe not so much the physical play and, and they'll get to that because they're not used to hitting people, but uh, they, uh, they really kind of strangled the life out of, out of Colorado. They kept Colorado outside and, and uh, uh, Baruby mentioned it uh, in his post game. There was one stretch where they, they had like four minutes of uh, possession, just cycling, uh, uh, digging for pucks. And uh, so they, yeah, they were really, uh, they were really focused. They were, you know, and, and um, again, you know, the, the, the bubble start wasn't good, but they did what they need to do. Robert Thomas looks like, you know, that's going to be a good place for him, the stuff he can do. Um, you know, and I, I have, uh, I maintained that I said this at practice the other day, Jim might not have been there, but that, you know, when you look at the, the Blues depth at forward, there's a lot of fourth line guys, but the advantage they always have is, you can bring in a fourth line guy if you need to replace higher up and then move Oscar Sundquist up. So, uh, and then you get the kind of the best of both worlds, but uh, you know, the Robert Thomas's speed and his agility, his ability with the puck is something that uh, I think we're starting to see. And we'll use that as a transition to talk about, uh, you know, an underappreciated stat, the secondary assists. Sometimes they're, they're garbage, right? But mm -hmm. um, in this case, we'll look at the first one, Robert Thomas, uh, a nifty play, small but nifty play, gaining the uh, the offensive zone uh, that uh, re ultimately results in Jane Schwartz being able to make a nice pass and, and, and to get a finish uh, on on the break. But it was it was a play at the blue line, just a nifty little play, but it was one that kept the play going forward that results in a the goal. Then you have another play, um, a turnover, Colorado coming out of their own zone. Zach Sanford makes the right play high in the offensive zone. Um, and that leads again to a goal. So two plays, two good examples of uh, you've got to watch the whole play to see, uh, you know, who uh, who helped create the opportunity. Now, particularly that that first one, because it, it, gaining the zone and scoring off the rush is something fans want to see. And boy, boy, Thomas just adds so much of that ability to this team. Uh, he, he certainly does. I thought it was a good good passing uh, game all the way around. I mean. It, 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 they have a lot of games, especially early, where they're, they're just not connecting. They're not uh, uh, supporting each other, but uh, they, they put the puck on the uh, on the tape a lot. And, and one, one thing about Thomas, he's, he's, he's getting better and better at uh, his puck possession in terms of, uh, you know, he, every year he's gotten a little bigger and a little stronger. And it's really noticeable uh, to me uh, uh, this year. And uh, it's just hard, harder to knock him off the off the puck. Now, Cairo still has a little ways to go there, but but he's get he's getting better, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's as you mentioned off the top, it's an interesting dynamic of this team. There's a uh, maybe a little more sizzle to them, a little more juice to 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 their game, and and Hoffman is a really good skater, and uh, once he gets he gets there, it'll be even more noticeable. But you, you look at a guy like Sunquist, and we go back to what the seventeen eighteen season, uh, and. He didn't look like much of a skater, but it seems like every year he, he's, he's gone, you know, gone back to Sweden, worked on his strength, worked uh, on drills to, to help his uh, 
is his speed and, and he's gotten uh, even a little bit uh, uh, quicker. So it's like, uh, I mean, we all know the blues can grind and cycle, but, but who are these guys? They've got, a, they got another little layer to them now. I was just looking at the stat sheet. Thomas only played 1241 last night. Very, that's very low. I mean, it's less than Tyler Bozak played as your, your third line center. So um, there's certainly room for, uh, for more Robert Thomas. Uh, and that obviously not on special teams. So that's going to cost him. I think early in the year, we're probably going to see a lot of penalties. We're going to see a lot of clutching and grabbing and, and guys being out of position and doing stuff with their sticks. But, um, you know, 12-4, he's, you know, can play you know, and should be playing, you know, 15, 16, 18 minutes. So uh, but to see more of Robert Thomas still. Yes, this, uh, getting back to, to, to Cairo, the, uh, he, he, sustaining play in the offensive zone. That's still going to be a challenge for him, but uh, for him to get off to a good start, since uh, this is something Doug Armstrong wanted to see uh, sort of a, a, imposing him a bit into the mix to try to challenge him to, to take the step to prove he could be the player. Uh, nice little give and go with, with Tyler Bozak. Nothing flashy about Tyler's game. He's not fast. He's not big, but he is, he's quick and crafty and he's got, got good hands and he reads things. Uh, again, going back to that, uh, the turnover turns into a two-on-one break down low. Nice little give and go, and you know, and it gets Jordan off to a good start too, because uh, he's trying to get to the place where, let's say, Robert was last year, just trying to take a step and and become more of a of a regular player here. Yeah, and and I think the scrimmage, getting the two goals in the scrimmage, really helped his confidence uh, uh, going into the. Uh, season. And, uh, you know, Bozak has developed a little bit of a reputation. I don't know what you'd call it. Kind of a horse whisperer. He gets, gets Mm -hmm. these young guys and he works with them. And, uh, I remember Thomas mentioning it last year, you know, he spent a lot of the year playing on that Bozak line, just how he's, he's just so easy to work with, helps him talks to him constantly and kind of nurtures these guys and, 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 uh, and, and brings them along. And, and you're right, Jeff, Bozak is a guy where none of his skills, or, you know, you say, wow, look at that play that he did. But he's, he's a guy that does everything kind of kind of pretty, uh, pretty well. And uh, uh, that that line was uh, really good. And, and that may be Tom, you know, getting back to the Thomas playing less than 13 minutes. This was one of those nights and we sure didn't see it up in Edmonton. The, the old expression, they were rolling four lines and every line was so effective that, you know, a lot of times we'll see if lines struggle to, you know, the fourth line will disappear or certain lines would disappear, but uh, that fourth line was, was maybe the best uh, uh, in the night. When you, when, you, when you look at impact on the game, the, the vaunted uh, O'Reilly-Perron-Shen line, they, uh, uh, obviously defensively they were good, but in terms of offense, they, they, they were the one maybe you noticed, uh, noticed the least. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Perron didn't have shots until late in the game. Um, you know, we always talk about Ryan O'Reilly as a teacher and he's out there doing, you know, on ice clinics, but really, yeah, the, the teaching value of Tyler Bozak brings is something not to be underestimated or underrated. And, you know, this is the last year of Bozak's contract. And obviously he's not going to come back at the salary he's getting now, 5 million a year. But you wonder, you know, with, with what he's able to do, is he the kind of guy that if you can bring him back on a, on a lower you know, rate of contract, is he worth having around just for what he does for how he helps the young guys? Closets by design can help you get organized with 40% off. Plus now get an additional 15% off 
and free installation from Closets by Design. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN, that's 1-800-B-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N. Closets by Design, St. Louis is the official sponsor of NetFront Presence. Well, guys, the, uh, the two goals they scored in the uh, third period, I wouldn't say were classic four-checking goals, but they were oh, the result of four-checking. In one case, you, you take you do bump uh, tiny Sam Gerrard off the puck uh, and score. The other, just Phil Grubauer uh, kind of goes back there and messes up. But that is Blues hockey. And, you know, when you're able to tack on uh, with, uh, with Sonny and tack on with uh, Kyle Clifford from the slot, uh, when you're trying to protect the lead, I mean, that's just, although, again, it wasn't an ideal third period, uh, those are the sorts of plays that will make the difference between being a, uh, a high playoff seed and, uh, and fighting to make the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I go back to Jordan Biddington's uh, scouting report on uh, Clifford. He said, you know, he's got a, he's got a little better skill set offensively uh, than I thought. So, hey, don't, don't let number 13 just uh, – Roam free in the slot, or you, you're gonna you're gonna pay for it. That was a huge goal to get that cushion, three to one. Uh, you you kind of kept waiting for Colorado maybe to make a third period push that that never never really uh, re- really came. And then uh, and then uh, uh, Sunquist that was uh, just a little lot, lot icing on the cake for uh, uh, for Sonny. Got to give credit to Berube too the the way he he, he kind of set up the lines. He didn't he didn't totally disrupt things he kept uh, two of the the four lines intact they've been working together all of camp he's had the same the same four uh four lines so uh uh i'm sure uh sammy blay uh hopes the uh the visa problems continue for a couple more games i thought sammy to come off the bench he was he was pretty good he was he was sammy blay throwing his body around uh 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 helping to set up plays and and uh uh it, it, this is a this is a deep roster, and, and you guys you guys have a lot more of the perspective from past years. It's it's got to it's got to be you know early read shaping up as one of the deepest teams that they've had. Yeah. Jim, I, I know that third goal was a big one for you because when when you're on deadline and and writing, uh, it's so much better <laughs> when it's a three to a two goal lead than a one goal lead. Yes, sir. Then, it's a tie game, and oh my, everything. Who knows what's going to happen. So a two-goal lead, always welcomed by the beat writer on deadline. Um, and the four-goal lead, it's time to, you know, send a story in and, and they yeah. can just change. Because we were, we were right on our last deadline. Uh, yeah, it's the 4-1. You can send it in and say, hey, keep an eye on the score. You can just you can just change it. Yeah. But, you know, it's an appropriate topic is the Blues' net front presence is that they had a lot of shots from in front of the net. They got in there well. You know, Sunquist goals are in close, but also just – they had about 10 shots on goal from kind of in, in the slot inside the hash mark. So they, they were there, they were able to develop that. And on the other end, Colorado didn't get that much in that area of the ice. Yeah. The heat map will look really good for those out there who are in the advanced stats. The heat map will look good for this game. All right. So I do always have one pet peeve I have to bring up and you mentioned Sammy Blay, and this is one of my pet peeves, you know um, it's like in basketball. In the old days, if you were if you put your face in in the harm's way, if you were you know putting your face into the into a into a player's uh, uh, into his arms basically, where if he turned, he's going to hit you in the face. That's called getting hit in the face. That's called playing defense with your face, and you go and you get someone to help you stop the bleeding. 
in today's basketball, that's like a flagrant one because you mm -hmm. stuck your face in there. In the case of Sammy Blade, there was no elbow. What Sammy did was he basically stayed in his lane. He didn't try to avoid the hit. And you got a guy who's put some, in a bad position behind the net, hunched over, um, his head down, shoulder high, and just waiting to be hit like a pumpkin on a porch. And Sammy, you know, he could have avoided him. He didn't really go way out of his way to hit him either. He was just sort of there. And yet this is a penalty that ends up leading to a goal. And, you know, hate to sound old school on this stuff, but at some point, players putting themselves in terrible positions on the ice, and just because somebody hits them in the head, uh, maybe if you weren't hunched over in a skating lane uh, behind the net where there's not a lot of room and just begging somebody to hit you in the head, it wouldn't happen. All right, so that's my pet peeve. I mean, it just seemed <laughs> – there's just a lot of that in today's game. And I, and I know I go back to the old Chuck Norris days where it was medieval out there, but we don't want to go back there because a lot of guys suffered brain damage and that's terrible, but still, I mean, come on, elbowing. My <laughs> Jeff, I love a homer on this one, but it's like, come on, let Sammy play. You got to let Sammy be Sammy. You, you do. Uh, but Jeff, what, what do you think about the bumper position on the power play? Tell me, tell me. About no, that. I don't. Oh, well, no, wait a minute. That was last week's. That was, that was last, last week. week, but no, but it was, I feel bad for Sammy because he can't run into, in the NHL. Now, if you run into somebody, that's a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think the, the refs, as Tom alluded to earlier, they're, 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 they're a little too, uh, little too eager with the whistles early in the season. Although I guess when we look at it, there were what, there were maybe six, six penalties in this game. So not a, a really high total, but uh, yeah, but Ruby's chief said that uh, uh, there were a couple penalties he didn't like. And I'm sure that was, that was one of them, but uh, yeah, God bless Sammy Blake. Sometimes he can't help himself. He just, <laughs> he just shows up and gets in trouble. That's Sammy. I mean, he, and he's, 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 he's one of the guys that's going to go, uh, they looking for trouble, but the trouble will find. So uh, that's that's just kind of Sammy's way. All right, guys, we've got to give a shout out, and this is this is probably a first on the net front. But let us take time to reflect on the uh, the steady, uh, thankless, um, valuable work done to stabilize defensive zone play by one Justin Falk. Look at those minutes. Well, we're talking like 23 minutes. We're talking plus three. He led the team in PK minutes on the blue line. Playing behind uh, Ivan Barbashev when they were in there on a lot of those uh, um, trying to uh, shut down type matchup possible you know, scenarios. He was a bastion of defensive steadiness for the St. Louis Blues, Jim Thomas. We come to praise Justin Falk, not, yeah. not, to, not to bury him. Yeah, he was uh, – uh, he was really good. And, and if you're without him on the power play, if you're saying, okay, he's a PK guy and we want him to shut down guys defensively. If he plays like that every night or close to it, we'll say, okay, he's worth the money. Yeah. He was, he was noticeable as, as Dick Vermeil's uh, would say his play was glaring. I mean, you know, he was tight on guys and not much room breaking up plays, get, getting the blues uh, uh, out of trouble. So, uh, it was a it was a sight to behold. I thought, other than the two penalties, I thought Bortuzzo uh, was really good too. And uh, uh, well, really, I I don't think we could we could maybe point out even uh, one Blues player off the top of our heads that was bad defensively. But yeah, that was uh, uh, that was like Justin Falk. Uh, uh, some of the games he had in in, in the bubble that was that was that was uh, I'm sure for many Blues fans it was. Uh, 
and for Doug Armstrong, it was heartening to see. Yeah, he, he was on the ice for the first three goals, even if he didn't figure in their existence in any way. But, you know, one thing, you know, you say, you talk about, it'd be great for Cairo to get a goal in the first game for his confidence going forward. Would it help? Would the Blues love to see Justin Falk get a goal early to have him not be riding a, a zero in the goal column into, you know, the 20th game of the season? You know, just get him anything, you know, just for him to get a goal in any way, shape, or form, I think would do wonders for uh, Justin's confidence going, not that Justin needs confidence, but at least to get off that schneid and to, okay, this is going to be a more normal season for him and get back into his Carolina ways. Yeah, and we can't, I mean, for all of us throwing praise on him for the, doing the thankless duty of a lot of, you know, being on the ice with a checking unit, again, the PK, uh, logging the minutes, um, not getting the much of the the, the candy that goes with the uh, uh, high end defenders getting some power play time. Uh, he just got a you know a glimpse basically uh, man advantage. Um, I, I I hope that that does steady him. But yeah, I think you know he was the interesting thing about him. He's being he's being totally he's being I, the danger was he's being miscast. Now maybe he'll prove that he can go against his previous character of being a, a power play offensive minded guy and, and then doing all the thankless stuff, everything but the power play. It's a totally different job for him. So there's going to be hiccups along the way, but I think fans have to understand that it'd be great to see him get points, but, but JT, they are asking him to do things that he was never a good defensive player in, in Carolina. He, he played a lot of minutes, but he was an offensive player. Uh, you know, he was like Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, and now you're asking Kevin Shattenkirk to go and do all the things that he's never released. Really been his strongest suit uh fans have to one appreciate that he's making the effort and two kind of you know maybe cut him some slack if game two doesn't go as well as game one <laughs> yeah and uh, you know tom wrote about him i think it was in sunday's uh pd at least he has a defined role this year uh he, he i i don't think at least going in we're, we're going to see as much uh of the shuffling of the deep pairings as we did last year falk was uh uh, uh he played had to play on his offhand uh uh, a, a lot. Uh, you know, we'll see some shuffling when we get the uh, obligatory uh, Carl Gunnarsson uh, appearances uh, throughout the season, but, but he knows what his role is. And, 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 that, and that, that's a good thing. And if it doesn't include much scoring, uh, okay. But uh, yeah, if he's even close to how he played last night, I, I think the blues will take the bargain. Yeah, it, it's a long way down the road, but we've, it's, it's been hanging over really almost since Paul got here is, you know, is he, is he the guy that's going to be lost in the expansion draft? You know, and, and because they, you can protect three defensemen, one's Pareko, one's Krug, and are you protecting Falk or are you protecting Dunn? And that's kind of, you know, he's, if he, can he play his way into a spot where he's protected or do the Blues figure we're just going to take a chance that at that price that Seattle's not going to take him? So uh, there's a lot at stake. For, uh, for Justin Falk, in addition to wanting to be on a team that wins the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's important to, that while the Blues did give him the money, they did not give him the blanket uh, no movement protection. So he is uh, part of that bargain is whatever he ends up, he'll get paid. But he knew that when he signed that contract that that was, that was a possibility. All right, we got a, another guy to praise, and, uh, and it was really a, a, a sharp effort. Uh, our own uh, beloved Jordan Bennington, who um, – was was ready to dismiss questions about whether he was traumatized by his miserable performance in the bu the bubble. 
he backs that uh, a bit of swagger up with a really good performance. I mean, the some of the saves on like Miko Ratnan in particular uh, on some walk-ins. One time, you know, Falk completely got piloned, and you know, and Jordan had to hold the hold the fort. There were a couple times he didn't control a rebound, but you know, really kind of a vintage Jordan Bennington performance uh, in a, in a critical situation against a high-powered team. Yeah, we, we've talked about. Uh... Uh, you know, different players maybe needing a a, a good start to, to get the pressure off uh, uh, or, or get the confidence up. Cairo and Falk, and not not that Bennington's ever lacked for uh, for confidence, but uh, you know those first five or six minutes, uh, uh, the the Avalanche they they get that power play goal. I think it was Calvert hits a post. The Blues look they looked a little shaky. They were they were scrambling a little bit, and and uh, same with. Uh, with Bennington and you're wondering, oh, oh my gosh, is this going to collapse? And you, you know how it can go with that with the Avalanche. Uh, they they can literally hit you with a, an avalanche of goals when they when they get going. But Bennington, uh, you know, kind of regrouped as did the team, and he, he was outstanding in in the second period. And and, and again, uh, it was seems like it was a couple lifetimes ago. But his last two times in that building were were just uh, miserable. I mean. Uh, that the, the first one, it was, I think it was December uh, of 19. I don't, I don't know why Baruby kept him in there, but he gave up seven goals and he took him out with, you know, like five and a half minutes left in the game. And uh, uh, the avalanche were just, were just swarming him and swarming him. And, and, you know, they're totally capable of, of doing that, uh, uh, doing that on Friday night. But uh, yeah, you're right, Jeff. He, uh, uh, he made a little, a little bit of a statement and, uh, you know, I think outsiders, and I think it's a fair assessment. I think the one thing they look at the blues, they say, ah, okay, he was fantastic in the cup year, but, and you combine that with Huso and, and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the, uh, national and North American media said, I'm not quite sold on the goaltending, but that, that, that was a, that was a great start for Bennington, no doubt. Yeah, you know, one of the things we saw from Jordan last night was one of the things that kind of set him apart that got him the job over Jake Allen in the first place was making saves when they needed to be saved. Early in that game, you're down one nothing, or it's tied 1-1. Colorado gets a goal in there. All of a sudden, it, you know, the, the complexion of the game changes. And he kept the game where it needed to be for the Blues to click into what they do. And that's always been one of Bennington's strengths is – making the save when it needs to be made. Um, and, you know, he was doing that last night. All right. So as we wrap up this, this will be our last topic on the net front presence, Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. Uh, the beauty of the uh, condensed schedule is uh, so many of these back-to-back games, the teams will practice or, or refocus anyways between games and then have at it again. Uh, what I love about the scenario, JT, is that, you know, Colorado's going to look at that game and see a lot of problems in their zone, uh, see a, a lack of sustained offensive pressure. We can expect to see a big push for, from the Avalanche, I would certainly expect, in game two. So right away, I think uh, we're going to see uh, this team tested in terms of its, uh, you know, it's it's just whether or not it's, the identity is firmly established because I expect a big pushback in game two, and this is the way it's going to be. Uh, all season. We come right back with that opponent. They know all the things they did wrong. They're going to come back and try to correct it with a, with a, with a pushback. Uh, it'll be fun to see how the blues respond to how Colorado responds. 
Yeah, Jared Bednar, the uh, uh, Avalanche coach, said last night that uh, uh, we got outworked in every facet of the game, and so uh, that 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 will change. That was that was a game where the the, the Blues had vintage uh, work rate, I guess you call it. But uh, yeah, Bednar's going to do whatever he can to uh, 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 to change uh, that. And uh, yeah, Bennington was saying, you know, after the game, normally it's kind of a rush to get on the plane, then you go off to the next city, and he said it's just. It was just a strange, strange feel. We're going to go back to the to the hotel, uh, have a little meal, sack out, you know, and then get up. They they have uh, ice available. Uh, I I I don't know if it's a full uh, team practice, but they're uh, uh, from one to three uh, here Mountain Time. They have some ice available, and then they uh, they come back at it on Friday. So it kind of has a feel, maybe not the uh, the intensity, uh, but the uh, a feel of like the playoff where you go in and you, you play a two game set, you get a game off between. And I think it's going to be interesting and fun to see just kind of how, how this develops. Uh, uh, I, I saw in college basketball, for example, a lot of the college basketball teams are playing two games and uh, the, I saw one game. It was actually, okay. My army black Knights, they lost 101 to 57 to Colgate on the first game and then day off next game and army won the next game. So we may see strange things like that in hockey. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a rare chance to unpack your suitcase. So, you know, usually you're like living out of the suitcase, but you can actually take the clothes up and hang them up in the uh, – yeah. uh, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's going to be one of the fascinating things about this season is, you know, what happens, you know, when you have these two games in a row, when the home team loses game one, what's their record in game two, you know, and, and how does that play out? You know, how often can a team go in like the Blues and sweep two games on opposing team's eyes? How often does that happen? And that's going to be one of the things this year. Maybe you're doing it when you're playing Anaheim or San Jose. But against a good team, are you going to see a lot of splits in these series? And how is that going to going to play out? Yeah, and some teams, guys, uh, have a 1A, a 1 and 1A goaltender scenario. Uh, Colorado wants – uh, Grubauer to start 60 to 65%, but you lose game one and you've got a capable backup. Does he go to tell Pavel, hey, get your gear and come back for two? Uh, be interesting to see how many teams do that, uh, even when it's not a back to back night. If they will, they use will they switch up? Because again, this is so so different this season. Well, this has been our first in season edition of the net front. I uh, appreciate Jim Thomas copping on board from Colorado, Tom Timmerman. Here in the STL, I'm Jeff Gordon. Until next time, for the from the gang here at Net Front Presence, see ya.